Welcome to Fatal Error. Uh, I'm Sarush. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to be talking about the Rich Hickey Talk Simple Made Easy. We'll put a link in the show notes to the talk if you want to listen to it before you listen to our episode about it. Uh, there's an info queue page where you can watch the video and the slides at the same time. And we aren't sure if we have differing opinions on Simple Made Easy, so we're going to find out exactly where we land on this on this potentially contentious topic. So Chris, do you want to give us an intro of what Simple Made Easy is all about? Sure. So the uh, sort of thesis, I think, for this talk, uh, one of the core ideas is that simple and easy are actually not the same thing. It kind of seems like they should be, almost intuitively. But when we're talking about software, when we're trying to evaluate the decisions that go into making software, into building a software system... It's important to to keep in mind that these are different concepts and and to think about them uh, almost independently, if that makes sense. The, are you with me so far? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think I need a little bit more concrete of an example of what you think is something that's simple versus what you think is something that's easy. Well, let me talk about it abstractly just for a little bit more, and then maybe we can try to think of some concrete examples. But uh, Maybe looking at the the origins of the words, uh, or, or looking at the words simple and easy, like what are the opposites of, of simple and what's the opposite of easy? Like the opposite of simple would be complex, the opposite of easy would be hard. Right. Uh, and are complex and hard really the same thing? Like those seem like they're not synonyms in the same way that it might seem like simple and easy are, right? Right, sure. So... Uh, if if the opposites are different from like different concepts from each other, I think it, it stands to reason that the uh, that simple and easy are are really not exactly the same thing. So, uh, if we talk about simplicity, thinking thinking about something that's simple, really what uh, what that means, or the definition that Rich puts forward uh, as as what it means for something to be simple, is there's one role or one task or one concept or one dimension here, uh, and Really, it's about a lack of um, interleaving something with uh, with other parts of the system. So it's some like role or, or concept that really stands on its own that isn't uh, heavily dependent or heavily interleaved with the rest of the system. So wh- while I like that from like a abstract point of view, kind of one of the things we talked about in the single responsibility principle episode is that like you can't just say one task because a task could be so many things. And it's really hard to nail down exactly, like, hey, this is one unit and it does one thing, but like at some point it does have to get interleaved with something else. Is that one task doing the interleaving? So that that's where he starts to lose me, I think. So whether or not you can come up with a sort of absolute definition of one task, uh, I think it may be enough for this discussion for you to think about a uh, a spectrum of of simplicity or spectrum of uh of interleaving right okay i can work with that something like uh an orm like an object relational model like database layer uh is i really i, I think we probably agree is a pretty complex pretty interleaved internally right you have your yes. your model layer is pretty tied with uh your the database and it's 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 a behemoth of a system, right? Even the most simple assumption about it, which is that every table maps to one class, is a huge, huge assumption, and you can't right. separate those two things at all. Exactly. So there are a whole lot of sort of interleaved concepts there. And um, what would be a uh, 
I don't know, something like a, a key value store uh, that is its, its own database. And then we have uh, simple values in our model layer that we write to that database. That seems simpler. Like you can isolate more. Uh, it's less interleaved. You can isolate uh, concepts more easily that, with that model, right? Right. Yeah. So what the thing to, to note here, if we're talking about simplicity as this lack of interleaving, is it's kind of a, it, it's an objective notion, right? This doesn't depend on the programmer. Uh, you can look at something and tell whether it's more or less interleaved, uh, more or less complex than something else. Yeah, I, I do like that distinction that he draws, that, that simple is objective and easy is subjective. Like easy depends on who you are, where simple doesn't depend on who you are. Right. So that's, that's where I was leading with this is that the idea of something that's easy, uh, it's something that is f- like, that's familiar. That's, that's, you have at hand that you already right. understand. It's easy for you. Right. And it's totally a subjective, uh, idea. So, so that's, uh, the, one of the first points that he makes in this talk is that, uh, basically simplicity is, is objective and, uh, ease is subjective. You, you with me so far? Yeah. I feel you on that. <laughs> okay. So, in a lot of decisions that we make when we're building software, programmers, uh, and I mean, I do this all the time, tend to focus on the experience of using a tool or or what Rich calls a construct, uh, which is just some, some idea, a tool or a, a an architectural pattern. Right. Sort of thinking about the API of the thing rather than thinking about how the thing works internally. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair statement. Uh, and so Rich argues that it's um, really the way to evaluate a software system that we're building is the long-term results of, of using our tools, of using our constructs, uh, rather than like the experience of programmer ease uh, that's a more like subjective and immediate thing to evaluate. We talked about this a little bit on the Not Invented Here crossover episode with Runtime as well, where right. we talked about how something like SV Progress HUD has a very simple... API on the inside, but as soon as you start to do more complex stuff, you have to start building your own wrappers and your own your own things around it because it's just it doesn't have the capacity for those things. I, I would say that SV Progress HUD has a has an easy API, right? It uh, it is easy to use. It's near at hand. It's very familiar. Uh, it's one line of code, but there are like corner cases that you can get into depending on how your UI is structured, where. Uh, maybe assumptions that SV Progress HUD makes under the hood don't hold, and because it is, it's an easy API, but the implementation isn't necessarily simple, right? You have sort of a singleton instance, and uh, it will find, uh, I forget, I don't know how it works internally, but it finds a window or a, like a view controller to present itself on. Like, that's not simple that that's pretty interleaved with with some assumptions about how the application works right 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 i mean i don't know like maybe i'm just taking semantic issue at this point but it is simple to just say there's one sv progress hud you only ever allowed to use one you can present it and you can dismiss it and that's it and that like on some level is simple well i i think that's that's easy you have one and you know how to use it like what what did you say you have one and you present and dismiss it well what do you present and dismiss it on right no like, I, I agree with that and i agree that there is interleaving there but like I, I like i said i think i'm just taking semantic issue with the name simple versus the name easy well that's the entire that's entire we're talking about semantics <laughs> I, I guess so let me give you another example that i think is uh is kind of a neat example of simple versus easy uh, although i haven't thought 
too much about how well this holds in practice. Let's figure it out together. Let's do it. CocoaPods is designed to be easy, right? It's designed to be easy to integrate. You uh, add some add some pods to a list and type a command and like, boom, they appear in your project and it's ready to use. Like, right. that's easy, I think, right? Okay. It's absolutely not simple. Like, if you, you've <laughs> yeah. used CocoaPods, and uh, and I've used CocoaPods for years, and I'm, uh, I'm don't at all mean to to pick on CocoaPods because that's a valid design goal for a tool is to be easy, right? But but it's absolutely not simple, right? Like it, first of all, it handles a whole bunch of of things, downloading dependencies and um, integrating them into an Xcode project and resolving, uh, resolving dependency conflicts or flagging dependency conflicts for you, right? Like. It's doing a lot of things, and it's very, yeah. very tightly interleaved, right? I would say it almost grants it a brittleness. Well, right, and so that's one of the sort of trade-offs that you make if you choose something easy over something that's simple, right? Right. It, is that the uh, the ease often comes with some uh, complexity or some uh, like hidden intertwinedness, for for lack of a better term, some hidden interleaving. Right. So, what would be an example of a package manager that is simple? So uh, I haven't used Carthage, Carthage as much as I have used CocoaPods, but I think that Carthage is designed much more in the simple realm, right? It doesn't do quite as much for you, but it doesn't integrate things into your Xcode project for you. But with that, with that um, simplicity, uh, it's it's also maybe a little bit like it's not quite as trivial to to use. You're integrating these libraries into your Xcode project yourself. Uh, but it's a much simpler tool, and in a lot of ways, it uh, actually like turns out to be easier down the road when, you know, maybe initial integration is a little bit more work. But as you run into some odd corner case with with some dependency, or as you uh, maybe want to customize how something is integrated into the project, that simplicity, that like less uh, interleaving, really does pay off down the road. And that's a point that that Rich makes in his talk uh, a little ways into the talk. There's a completely non-scientific graph on one of his slides, but th- that's basically saying, look, uh, if if you're choosing easy solutions, then you know, like it's it's faster to deliver things up front. But as the complexity sort of mounts, uh, because often you uh, often the easier solutions like try to like just hide balls of complexity, and and as that complexity mounts, uh, you will slow down over time. Whereas if you're really trying to ar- architect a system with simplicity in mind, uh, this requires design work and design thought and and really um, and some upfront work that maybe isn't going to go over too well in a super like agile startup y kind of way. But uh, be- because you're not going to deliver things quite as quickly right up front, but it pays off over time as you avoid having as you avoid growing these like big interleaved systems that uh, that it's really kind of impossible to understand after a while. Right. I I do like this graph. This graph really does speak to like my experience with running and working with older code bases and stuff like that. It does feel right. And we'll screenshot, we'll we'll, we'll add that graph to the show notes too. Yeah. So this, this idea that like, can you have something that's kind of both simple and easy where you have, uh, when you start out, you can, you can, you know, invoke simple things or you can evoke things that you want to do really quickly, but if you need more complexity, you can kind of dig in a little bit, in a, down a couple of layers, and like do the stuff that the simple invocation does. Do it yourself, and like gain that sort of flexibility back. Um, I'm reminded of an article that I can't find about. It's like the 
Python like file open API, which is this blog post where it describes like if you want to just like read a file, you can just use the open um, free function and it will just do the right thing and it'll just give you something. But if you want more data or like if you want more information or more control over exactly how it works, you can like dig in and like do the same thing that the open API is doing, um, but do it yourself. And then like you're, you're given all this extra control and you're given all this extra ability. And sort of if you, like Chris Latner has said that Swift works like this as well, where if you want to just write hello world, it's one line. But if you want to write a whole complex Mac application, like you can do that too. And the, the thing is that the, that the tool gives you the ability to sort of scale up from the very beginner, quite a simple thing. Like when you call print on some level, that is not simple. That is talking to buffers. That is um, assuming a whole runtime. It is assuming knowledge about a whole like set of string APIs and how they work. Variadic parameters. There's just tons of stuff that happens when you call a simple thing like print. But you can slowly crack into it and say, well, I don't actually want you to print this way. I want you to print that way. Or I want the line separator to be like this and not like that. And so is there a space for something that like does that progressive disclosure in, in Rich's simple made easy world? I don't know if he talks about this uh, in the talk directly, but I think there, there absolutely is, right? I mean, We've done this with one of our internal libraries at work that's used by a few different iOS teams. It's a library that handles like login and uh, and purchasing and that kind of stuff with our uh, e-commerce uh, system and our whole you know like site-wide uh, login system. So it's sort of your API layer, right? Well, it's it's one of our API layers, right? Right. Um, <laughs> and that's something where there there's kind of a lot going on there. Like we have the ability to log in with the username and password or with Google or Facebook. You could be subscribed to uh, one of any number of different packages uh, that we sell or have sold over the years, uh, like different subscription levels. You might have uh, subscribed through iTunes, not through our website. So there's like quite a lot of quite a lot to handle there but uh we didn't want to build a a library that was just uh, a whole ball of yarn that it was impossible to untangle right and so we ahead of time we did a whole lot of work in really thinking about okay what what constructs are here what like what responsibilities does this library have and how can we tease these threads apart into discrete uh pieces of behavior and discrete pieces of data and then we wrote those uh, discrete pieces of behavior and discrete pieces of data. And then, uh, as, as it turned out, the, those are something that um, it's useful to have around. And I mean, certainly it's nice to be able to work on some discrete piece of this library when you're uh, adding a feature or fixing a bug. But that's kind of a pain to use for, for a client application in most use cases. So then we also added a, uh, I guess you could call it kind of a coordinator object that uh, ties all these pieces together in uh, a pretty typical way um, that like like most of our applications would want to use these pieces and you still have the opportunity to like pull out one of these pieces and use it directly right. if you want to do something that the, the coordinator doesn't handle right. but in that way like this library provides kind of an easy api for common use cases and lets you pick out pieces and use them uh almost independently or uh customize them independently if you need something uh that that the easy wrapper doesn't provide and that's I think a that that's a useful pattern, and 
The only thing that I would point out is that you still have to do the like simple design work up front. You're not going to build an easy API and then expose simplicity, right? You're, you're going to build a, a simple system and then uh, maybe add some sugar that you can use to add ease of use to it if you want. Right. Well, the other way I think is also complex or uh, is also uh, difficult to manage, let's say, <laughs> in order to not overload our terms here. The other way is also tough because you start with an API that is your ideal and you want to try to like make the system, the software system behave and you want to be able to get access to the things you need access to, even though you want to be, you want to limit yourself to kind of this, this original API. So the other way, like, I don't think either of the ways is less challenging in terms of developer effort. Does that make sense? Do you mean from the perspective of implementing a library or right, from... Yeah, let's say you're building an API and, and, and person and Alice wants to make a simple API and Bob wants to make an easy API. They're both going to put in a good amount of work to achieve those goals. Like there's, they're both goals that none of them comes, neither of them comes for free. Neither of them comes from free. I do think that designing the simple API first is going to, if you don't design the simple API first, then you're very likely to end up with uh, a very interleaved system in your library, and it's yeah, going to be yeah. hard to tease that apart and expose uh, and expose simple parts of that functionality for use. So I don't disagree with that. I think Bob doesn't care about the interleaving. Bob doesn't care about the, in richest terms, complexity. He just wants, he only wants an easy API. And I'm just saying, like, you don't get that for free. You have to try for that as well, so... We've been talking about, uh, I think, sort of implicit in the discussion we've had so far is that simplicity is is hard and uh, complexity is easy, right? And I don't think that that is necessarily true either. I think that's, that's kind of a false dichotomy. It's possible to build something that is uh, both simple to, that, that is both simple, like it's not heavily interleaved, and that is easy to understand. And you achieve that just by by really teasing apart the different sort of threads in your application and creating appropriate abstractions and using uh, it, like in Swift protocols, but using like polymorphism and things like that to uh, avoid mixing these, uh, these abstractions. And uh, that's something that takes a whole lot more effort, but, uh, or a whole lot more effort than building uh, just something that's easy from the outset. But I do want to call out that, uh, Easy does not necessarily imply uh, complexity, and simplicity doesn't necessarily imply that something is hard. Right. Okay. I do think that's one of the big things that is tough to swallow about his talk is it sounds like he's just saying, well, easy is just useless, and we should just throw it down the river, and like everything should be simple and hard, basically. Uh, I don't think that's what Rich is arguing at all here. Uh, and, and toward the end of the talk, he has a slide, which I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, is entitled, uh, Simplicity Made Easy. And, uh, I'll, uh, scroll down to that in the, uh, the, tran the transcript here. And we put a transcript in the show notes, um, if that's helpful for anyone. Right. Uh, I do highly recommend that you take a, a lunch hour and watch this talk. Uh, it is a really great talk. Uh, so simplicity made easy, um, choose simple constructs over complexity generating constructs. Earlier in the talk, uh, Rich spends a whole lot of time going over uh, what simple constructs are versus uh, what similar constructs are that generate complexity. So that's kind of a throwback to earlier in the talk. Keep in mind that uh, we're not necessarily trying to evaluate how uh, easy it is to author this code. We're trying to evaluate whether it's possible to understand the artifacts, uh, whether it's possible to understand the code that's been written, 
months or years down the road. Uh, you know, it's it's not going to be you maintaining this code in all likelihood. Can somebody else look at this and understand what's going on? Create abstractions that have simplicity as a basis. Uh, uh, earlier in the talk, again, Rich t goes into quite a bit of detail about how to uh, tease apart what the right abstractions are when you're really trying to take simplicity into account. He notes that simplicity often means making more things, not fewer. Uh, and this is really throwback to our single responsibility episode, where, yes, okay, we uh, maybe don't know how to say exactly what a responsibility is with absolute precision, but we can tell when something has more responsibilities and when something has fewer responsibilities. Right. And you know that that means you're going to create have to create more types to, to spread those responsibilities out thinner and make them reusable. Right. So create types to represent these uh, these uh, responsibilities or these abstractions. Use use protocols, use pol polymorphism so that uh, you don't end up having these uh, a network of types that all just depend uh, on other concrete types. Right. That 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 certainly helps, but it doesn't really get you all the way. Uh, it doesn't get you everything that you could have. And then simplify the problem space before you start. And that's just really think about the problem you're solving before you start writing code to solve that problem, right? Right. I mean, I think a lot of these conclusions are easy to agree with, but in practice, like obviously, yes, create create abstractions that are simple. Like that is the ideal. And ideally, those abstractions don't leak and you can just reuse them all over the place and they're great. But in practice, you end up having a tough time with some of those. So for example... One really practical thing is I think that the that simple versus easy sometimes stands in for the functional versus object-oriented divide. And so especially when we're talking about iOS code, that ends up looking something like, well, should you use signals or you know, reactive programming of some sense? And that is simple but hard versus should you use something more traditional delegates, blocks, whatever. And I would actually probably, you know, as much as I love promises, probably lump promises in with signals in this case, because in some sense, they're, they're not really simple. Like promises, like I've written a library and it does really interleave the idea of asynchronous work. It interleaves the idea of what cue you're firing on the concept of like this, this thing being delayed over some period of time. Um, signals add to that the the interleaving of how to decide how to merge two signals and, and all of those components. So simple made easy is is fine in the abstract, but when you get down to the concrete of it, we're making complicated apps. And something like a signals implementation like that is an abstraction that can work over many different things, but it's definitely not simple. It's definitely got a lot of complexity and ins and outs and and things that work together that can't be separate. And again, promises, I think, are the same way. Like, if you use a promise abstraction, you can't cancel things. Like, you have to use something else for that part of it. It, it just, it makes the call site much more powerful, but it also makes the, that internal implementation is definitely not what I would call simple. So, boy, okay, let's see. Uh, I had, I have a lot of thoughts here. Uh, I, to respond to something that you said at first, I think that Sometimes the simple versus easy argument is, or uh, distinction is overloaded to mean uh, like an object-oriented versus functional sort of distinction. Right. I, I don't think that that's really true or, or valid. And um, I mean, uh, Rich certainly isn't arguing that here. Uh, although he he does have some uh, have some tables that compare uh, constructs that are uh, 
complex versus constructs that are simple. And uh, some of the more sort of functional ideas do end up on the simple side. Well, and the and the complex ideas ends up on the object-oriented side. Like, he talks about inheritance. He says this is, like, inherently complected. He talks okay. about um, state yeah, versus but- identity, and that's complected. Right, right, right. But but uh, something like protocols uh, versus like inheritance. Protocols is something we use in object-oriented programming, especially in Swift. And that's something that uh, Rich uses as an idea of uh, a way to achieve simplicity, right, is have use of protocols for your types. I, I don't think it's really valid to say that simple versus easy is about functional versus object-oriented, because we can absolutely describe uh, like interchangeable abstractions, and uh, we can avoid a lot of complexity in object oriented programming um some of the other like constructs that uh rich uses an example um as examples of things that let you get simplicity uh things like queues like we use queues with gcd right right that's that's uh queues are a nice way to avoid some complexity that comes with uh say uh thread-based um concurrent systems right yeah i would say queues are very simple right uh so Let's talk about like promises and and uh, let, let's talk about promises right now. Right. I, I feel like they actually simplify, um, they, they simplify things versus an, an older way or versus doing something with the sort of traditional Coco uh, callback blocks, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, the way I haven't thought this argument through, but but hear me out here. Right. The way that you might write something that handles uh, like something that calls an asynchronous API and hands it a callback block, and then you get that callback block, like, you're sort of really interleaving uh, the idea of of time with uh, the rest of your code here, right? Like, you know, this callback block will be called in the future, and it's going to do some things. Uh, and there are probably going to be some assumptions, like this object is still going to be uh, or the object that called this API is still going to be around, and so you're you're sort of writing like imperative code here uh, that's jumping back and forth across time, and uh, that's that's kind of a hard like th- that is kind of interleaving um, interleaving the concept of, of like data and time, uh, and and Rich specifically mentions that uh, state inter uh, state um, interleaves or complex is the the word he he uses uh but in the the idea just of mutable state really uh like interleaves the idea of a value and time and that is really kind of what we're doing often if if you write a if you call an asynchronous function uh and and hand it a callback block um is is the code that you're writing is is sort of jumping back and forth across time and that's that's kind of hard to manage uh i mean you can get used to it but it is still a little bit complex to to keep in your head uh what what's being called and and what's being touched at in um like this run loop iteration versus sometime in the future and and promises like take that and say okay you you are no longer worrying about about this like you can can write a chain of uh of um almost like declarative uh data processing or data manipulation right and the the library is going to take care of all the time stuff for you like and you're left with just a type that represents um that represents a a future value right and it's still uh i mean it's still true that that, that asynchronous work m- may happen, and uh, there, there's still maybe some some complexity there, but it's taking this uh, sort of very interleaved uh, concept of, of time that you're writing into code, 
and and extracting some of that interleaving, right? It, it's untangling things a little bit. So my only um, problem with the way that you're laying things out is my understanding was that easy was about making APIs that were simple versus implementations that were complex. And simple is about making APIs that like have more stuff in them, like the interface has more stuff in it, but the uh, actual implementation of the thing is simpler. And that's, I think, not what's going on here because the implementation is so complex and the API is so simple. So I think we are ending up more in an easy place than a, than a complex place or than a simple place. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the way that I'm thinking about this is taking the like resulting system as a whole. Uh, and this might, this kind of includes, um, implementation concerns and, and interface concerns of your code and of the libraries that your code is using. Uh, with something like an ORM, there's a whole lot of complexity there. And that complexity is, is going to leak out almost necessarily in, uh, into your code just via its API, via the assumptions that, that, uh, are embedded in using an ORM. Yeah, I think anybody who's used core data can can agree with that. Right, 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 right. So uh, are simple and easy the same thing? Uh, n- no, they're not. But I will add the caveat that things that people think are simple and things that people think are easy don't often agree. Oh, you mean that different people think different things are simple and exactly. different people think different things and are easy? And it's based on your political ideology of programming rather than your rather than anything objective then i'm thinking maybe i did a poor job at trying to uh, trying to explain what what simplicity i don't know or maybe rich hickey is wrong no i don't <laughs> think rich hickey's wrong i don't think that, that can't be right that doesn't seem right <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the fallacy argument from authority something like that I appeal mean, to authority there you go yeah <laughs> Richie said it, therefore it's true. Yeah. No, I mean, like, interleaving is objective and complex, and ease of use is subjective. Yeah. Well, and Richie says so, so it's true. <laughs> um, I would just say a lot fewer startups would exist if they had to write their or if they had to write their CRUD apps in Haskell instead of Ruby or whatever. <laughs> I'm not saying anyone has to write a CRUD app in Haskell. I'm saying that <laughs> you're writing this in Ruby. Really consider uh, what objects you're creating and what right. interfaces you're creating. Like Active Record Base is the complexest complector in the world. Like it's the worst. Yeah, it's, it does it's everything. Not great. No, but it's kind of easy. It is definitely easy. I think that, and I think that's what Rich Hickey is really railing against. And I, even I, I have a. I couldn't disagree that like active record base is very complex and very complex and it is easy. So I, like it does fall into that sort of that quadrant of the two by two grid. So this seems like as good a place as any to leave it. Yeah, it seems right to me. Thank you uh, to all our listeners. Uh, again, we've really been blown away by the level of support that we've gotten from, from everybody. And uh, we really appreciate you listening to us uh, talk for 30 minutes a week. Uh, yeah, much appreciated. Thanks. Thanks, folks.